It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome, welcome to Money for Lunch. Uh, so, let's see, is it working? Yeah. All right, it's good to have you here. It's really uh, exciting. Um, trying some new sound equipment today, so that was uh, the reason I was uh, fiddling around or sounded hesitant. Uh, you know, we're coming into the holiday season, and um, we're also uh, coming into a time where people get into a lot of trouble and a lot of debt. So before we let my good friend Bill Bartman teach us some things, we're going to give our sponsor today a chance to talk. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. All right, we're back. And uh, yeah, I just realized, uh, depending on the situation, you may not have heard anything other than that Bitcoin conference sponsor. Uh, you know, Bitcoin is a very interesting phenomenon. And uh, it, it's just an amazing thing. Anyway, so as I was saying, we're coming into the holiday season. People get jammed up during the holiday season, and we're going to listen to my friend Bill Bartman give us some thoughts about credit cards, number one, and number two, hopefully it'll motivate you, motivate us to be more careful when it comes to credit cards. And we're going to be talking to Mr. Bill Bartman. Bill Bartman is a highly recognized and awarded businessman, and he's got a very interesting story. I want you guys to listen to this. Bill, welcome to the show. Well, Bert, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, Bill, I know a lot of our listeners may not have heard your story, so before we get into it, and we're going to be talking about how to get out of, out of credit card debt quickly, but before we get to that, give us a little bit about your background, a little bit about your story. Well, well, certainly, and, and I guess we could start with the old standard rags to riches, but everybody's heard those stories so many times. They're, they're almost like chopped liver anymore. So we, we don't call mine rags to riches, more like rats to riches. Uh, we grew up in a neighborhood where there were more rats per, per capita than there were people. Uh, but from there, fortunately, uh, even though I was a high school dropout, spent five and a half years in high school, I was an alcoholic by the time I was 17. I'm essentially deaf and wear hearing aids to hear about half of what goes 
goes on around about me and grew, grew up on welfare and poverty and left home when I was 14, I managed to, to finally get my boat righted, as they would call it, and, and honestly, Bert, it happened because I met the woman of my life, uh, the lady I met when I was 14 and she was 11. We dated for 10 years, and we've been married now for 36, and I give her all the credit in the world for kicking my rump, so to speak, back to the system. I got a GED. With my GED, I managed to get into college on probation, uh, graduated on probation four years later, got into law school on probation, flunked out, got back in, finally graduated on probation, and, and with that, we're, Kathy and I have, over the course of our life, we've been blessed and fortunate that we've been able to have some pretty significant business success. In, in 1986, we, we went broke. I live in Oklahoma, and we were in the oil and gas business, and the price of oil went from $40 a barrel down to 14 and we went flat, bankrupt, broke, uh, and from there, we uh, saw an opportunity, the same opportunity that's going on right now. We saw the economy being in the tank. We saw people being, massive numbers of people being unemployed and banks failing. And so we started buying bad debt. We started buying charged-off credit cards for literally a nickel on the dollar. And with that, over the next 12 years, we created a billion dollar company. Kathy and I became the 25th wealthiest people in America, members of Forbes 400, and fortunately we have won a whole list of business awards, uh, you know, none of which will buy you a cup of coffee anywhere, but they're real pretty when they hang on the wall. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's good to be recognized by your peers. Uh, I think it, you know, it, it does say a little bit, but you're right. When it comes down to it, it doesn't buy a cup of coffee. So tell us, Bill, you went from... Uh, Literally, from rats to riches, as you like to say, you've been married to Kathy for 36 years? 36, yeah, which means she had to get a purple heart or something. That's right. Well, you know, I think it's kind of cool that, that you give her all the credit. Uh, that is an amazing thing, how how women can affect uh, uh, can affect us. And, oh, absolutely, Bert. You know, and it's so it's so understated. I mean, you know, the old adage of behind every successful man, there's a woman. Well, that is so much baloney. Kathy has never been behind me. She's never been in front of me. She's always been alongside of me. And people who have great relationships, those are the ones who more often than not are the ones who are great successes in life. So isn't there a lesson there? You know, get a relationship, keep a relationship, work a relationship, and then maybe maybe the rest of your life will fall in place. Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's very difficult to have uh, success outside if you're not having success inside the home. Oh, amen. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get to it. Tell us about how to get out of credit card debt quickly. Well, here is the quickest way possible, and it kind of rubs against the norm, and, and I don't want people to think I'm preaching some kind of financial anarchy or something when I tell them that. But remember now, the business that we created was buying charged-off credit cards, and we bought four and one-half million individual accounts, so I, I have some background here. What I'm suggesting for people who are so far underwater that they can't see out, and you know that has a different definition for different people, but if you look at your own finances and say, at the job I have right now, at the way things are going, I am so far in. It doesn't matter how you got there. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. But if that's where you're at, you have to look at some pretty extraordinary situations to get out of the hole you're in. And one of the things you can do is, and here it comes, quit paying your credit card bills. 
Now, when you quit paying your credit card bills, it will hurt your credit rating. Oh, boy, there, it is almost an immediate thing. But the truth of the matter is, Bert, if somebody's that far upside down, they already have already hurt their own credit rating. And so one more little ding on it isn't probably going to make a big difference to them. Now, conversely, if your credit is good, you'd never want to do this. But if your credit's already been shot, if you quit paying your credit card bills, here's what happens. And you'll get some phone calls. You'll get collectors calling you. But if you just keep saying no, after 180 days, the credit card company, the bank, has to charge off the debt. That's a rule. That's a law, actually. That's a gap accounting rule. And the bank will charge off the debt and then sells those loans, those credit card debts, for as low as a nickel on the dollar to people like me. And when we buy them for a nickel on the dollar, we call up the same customer, and we're prepared to settle for, you know, 15 cents on the dollar. So a person who is, say, $10,000 in debt on their credit card right now and can't pay the ten grand because they just don't have it, they might be able to settle with somebody for, say, $1,500, and the problem is the bank won't let them settle with the bank for $1,500. So that's the one thing they can do is nothing. Don't pay your bills. And if you don't pay your bills, eventually... They will be sold off to someone else who will settle with you for pennies on the dollar. Well, that's a great strategy. It's kind of like uh, reverse leverage. It, it is exactly that. You know, it's kind of the one step short of bankruptcy. You know, when you file bankruptcy because you're so far in, you can't get back out. You know you're going to hurt your credit, but you also know you're going to effectuate a solution. You know you're going to make a whole bunch of that junk go away. Well, this is a half step. Now, it's certainly right in line with going bankrupt because it's heading down that path, but it may be the one thing that keeps you from filing bankruptcy. And it would be better to have one or two creditors messing up your credit score as wiping out all of them. Right. Uh, typically, bankruptcy, and I know the bankruptcy law has changed, and maybe you don't know the answer, but typically bank bankruptcy tends to stay on your credit for, what is it now, seven or ten years? It, it is, as long, is as long as ten years that it will continue to show up or, or haunt you, as they say. And, and yes, I'm familiar with that. In 1986, we filed bankruptcy. So I, I, I you know, know again from experience that uh, that is the last straw, last resort, and I don't encourage people to do it unless they just absolutely can't take care of their family, can't take care of their other obligations. There is a higher sense of order here, and that's why the bankruptcy rules were created. You know, not, not for to let people run up bills and just say, oh, the heck with it, I'll just walk away from it. No, it's for good, honest, serious, legitimate people who find themselves in a place they never would have imagined. Sure. And, and you know, the, the thing that you just hit uh, on there that uh, people don't realize is that uh, when you start believing that it'll never happen to you, that's when it happens to you. Oh, and, and right now, Bert, it's happening to people who have never, ever imagined it can happen to them. See, in the old days, a few years ago, we used to think that people with credit card problems and the people who would think about bankruptcy, well, those are, you know, we would kind of put them in that, well, they must be lazy or they must not have gotten a good education or they probably didn't work very hard. And we kind of put them all in a little category, rightly or wrongly. That's kind of the way we do things. But this time around, in this great recession we're in right now, there are people who did it by the rules. 
They went to school. They studied hard. They got good grades. They went and got a job. They they showed up for work every single day of their life. They they went and bought a house with a white picket fence. They married the girl next door. They followed every single rule to follow the American dream, and it turned out that maybe some of that wasn't as true as they told us. And now these are people who have never failed before, have never had difficulties before, and now they're unemployed and not able to pay their bills. You know, something that you just uh, brought up, I think that uh, this generation is one of those generations that hasn't been tested. This is th- this economy is their first test. It is indeed, and I feel so bad for the the, the people going through what they're going through right now. Now, a guy like me, I, I'm 61 years old, and I have failed and succeeded and failed and succeeded and failed and succeeded, and I have screwed up so many times it's almost pathetic. I'm good at failure. I'm good at screwing up. I'm good at, at getting getting knocked down and figuring out how to get back up because I've done it a lot. Now, people who have never had it happen to them, it is the most traumatic thing they may experience in their entire lifetime. And quite frankly, some of them may not know how to deal with it. Well, it sounds like, you know, what you're saying is failure is a good way to succeed. It is the only way to succeed. And here's a challenge I give everybody on, on this call. Uh, the Forbes 400 is a list that's published every October by Forbes magazine, so you can go online and get it or wherever you might choose to read it. And read the stories of the people who are on the Forbes 400 list, and except for a few people who inherited some money, and there's usually a handful of them on there, the ones who are self-made, Every one of them failed at least once. Some of them failed a half a dozen times. Some of them have filed bankruptcy three or four times in their life. And that's what it almost takes failure to succeed. Well, you know, Walt Disney, I believe, filed bankruptcy four or five times. Indeed. And on top of that, his best friend, which is the uh, famous Art Linkletter, you know, gave up on him. Wouldn't lend him the $1,000 he needed to buy what is now... uh, Walt Disney uh, in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, the stories are, you know, I mean, they're, they're by the thousands. And so, you know, when I started, I'm a student of this industry because I, I, I try to share what it is I've learned along the way. The very reason you and I are on this call today is hoping that maybe somebody will hear something that might have some value in their life. Well, I began looking at all of the reasons people succeed and the reasons people fail, and I found an awful lot of correlation between having failed and learning a lesson and then going to a much higher success than you ever would have been able to go to but for the failure. Absolutely. Bill Bartman, thank you very much. This is Bert Martinez. Thank you. Bert, you're very welcome. Have a great day.